Alhamdulillah Alhamdulillah Kathiran Tayyiban Mubarakan Fih Kama Yuhibbu Rabbuna Wa Yarda Ashadu An La Ilaha Illa Allah Wahdahu La Sharika Lah Wa Ashadu Anna Muhammadan Abduhu Wa Rasuluh Al Nasihul Amin Allahumma Salli Ala Nabiyina Muhammad Wa Ala Alihi Wa Sahbihi Ajma'in ومن تمسك بسنته إلى يوم الدين ثم أما بعد الحمد لله على نعمة الإسلام والسنة حدثني جماعة من الشيوخ بإسناد كل إلى سفيان بن عيينة عن عمرو بن دينار عن أبي قابوس مولى عبد الله بن عمرو عن عبد الله بن عمرو بن عاص رضي الله تعالى عنهما أن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال الراحمون يرحمهم الرحمن يرحموا من في الأرض يرحمكم من في السماء The Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said that those who are merciful they will be shown mercy by the most merciful be merciful to those who are in the earth and the one who is above the heavens, he will show you mercy. Qala al-Alama, Shaykh Saleh Abdaziz al-Shaykh, thalika bi anna al-ilm rahmah, natijatuhu rahmah fi dunya wa ghayatuhu rahmah fi al-akhirah. Shaykh Saleh Abdaziz al-Shaykh, he mentions, he says, this is because knowledge is mercy. The result of knowledge is mercy in this world, and the ultimate goal of knowledge is mercy in the hereafter. So, as aforementioned, this hadith, this hadith is Musalsal bil awaliya. This is a hadith that the imams, many imams from the imams of Ahl-Sunnah, from the imams of Ahl-Hadith, this will be the first hadith that they will teach the students of hadith and thus this will be the first hadith that they, the students learned from their shaykh. Shaykh Saleh, he mentions the wisdom and why and the benefits in mentioning that hadith first because it's a reminder to the students and a lesson unto them that knowledge is mercy. Knowledge is mercy. And this is why we seek knowledge, because we're striving to do that which Allah loves and that which He is pleased with. So we learn in order that we may implement what we know, seeking the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, seeking the mercy, seeking the jannah. And likewise, it is a reminder to the student, it is a reminder to the seeker of knowledge that it is incumbent upon them to show mercy because knowledge when it benefits from the translations of knowledge upon the limbs of an individual, upon the limbs of the seeker, upon the limbs of the one who benefits from it, is that they become those who are humble. They become those who have others' best interests in mind and thus you will find them in acting and dealing with people in a merciful, forbearant way because they, due to their knowledge, 
will know and understand and be able to lend an excuse where an excuse is warranted, be it due to the individual who is addressing them, due to their ignorance, due to their lack of wisdom, due to their lack of exposure, so on and so forth. This, enable, this enables the carrier of knowledge to have patience, to have patience with those who act in a way in which is harmful, when their rights are infringed upon, so on and so forth. Because they understand the reality of knowledge, they understand the reality of what goes along with disseminating that knowledge. To be patient upon the harms that come during the course of seeking knowledge, implementing knowledge, calling to knowledge, and the like. We continue going over the tremendous book by the uh, Imam, Imam al-Nawawi, rahimahullah ta'ala, arba'un al-Nawawiyyah. We have reached the hadith, the 12th hadith, and all of the hadith that are contained inside of this collection, then they are tremendous, bila shakku bila raib, undoubtedly. This hadith, and Abi Hurairah radiyallahu ta'ala anhu is on the authority of Abu Hurairah radiyallahu ta'ala anhu قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم he said that the messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم he said من حسن الإسلام المر تركه ما لا يعنيه that from a person's good Islam is that he leaves alone that which does not concern him. From an individual's good Islam, he leaves alone that which does not concern him. Qala al-Alama, the Muhaddith, Muhaddith al-Medina, the Muhaddith of Medina, Shaykh Abdul Muhsin al-Abad al-Badr, Hafizullah ta'ala, he says, hadith, the meaning of this hadith, and the Muslim that a Muslim he will abandon that which does not concern him that which is uh, for lack of a better term we should say not important to him that which is of no importance to him from the affairs of the deen and from the affairs of the dunya, from statements and from actions. Those things that are of no concern to them, they are of no importance to them, no direct benefit unto them, so on and so forth, then they leave and they abandon the likes of these things. And what is understood from this hadith is that an individual will concern themselves and be very diligent as relates to the pursuit of those things that benefit them as relates to their deen and as relates to their dunya. Naam. This is what is understood that that in leaving off that which does not concern you, this necessitates that then therefore you, you concern yourself 
with those things that do concern you, with those things that are important to you, with those things that are of benefit to you. Naam. Qala al-Shaykh Abdaziz al-Shaykh. Qala al-Shaykh Saleh, afwan, Abdaziz al-Shaykh. He mentions, he says, Ma huwa alladhi ya'ni wa alladhi la ya'ni. He said, what is that which concerns you and what is that which does not concern you? Naam, so that we can better understand because we are called to leave off and to abandon those things that are of no concern to us. Naam. So we need to understand what is then therefore a concern. Naam. The Shaykh, he mentions, he says, Al-inayah fil-lugha, that's concern in the Arabic language or inayah here. Naam. Shiddatul ihtimam this means that a person they have an extreme they place an extreme importance on, upon something now that something is of extreme importance unto them or something that is important in which they pay very close attention to and give great concern for that it is something that is important to you something that concerns you something that is tremendously vital unto you. So then therefore you will place an extreme concern upon this thing. These are the things in which concern you. Things that fit this bill. Things that fall under this definition. Those things that are important. Those things that are very beneficial to you. Those things that are vital to you. Then these are the likes of the things that require your attention. These are the things in which you will concern yourself with. Naam. And that in which <coughs> does not concern you, that in which I have no concern for, Naam, meaning that in which we should have no concern for, then verily. It is those things in which do not benefit us. Those things that lend to us and yield to us no benefit. Then these are the things in which we have no concern for them. Right? Why? Because they have no benefit to us. So then therefore it makes no sense for us to place attention on them when they are of no benefit to us to begin with. Naam and the like. This is of extreme importance that we are able to identify those things in which are beneficial for us, those things in which are an extreme yani, benefit for us, so that we are able to place our concern where it belongs. Because unfortunately, there are many individuals who will lend concern to things in which do not concern them, do not benefit them, or of none of their business to begin with. Naam. Now, these things could relate to the dunya, and I think we all understand in terms of the worldly affairs, when things are of none of our business, they don't concern us, we understand that, and that makes a little more sense. But there are also aspects and in, in, in affairs of the religion, now, that are religious matters, of which don't concern people, but yet they yield to them and they lend to them much concern, or they give to them much concern, but they are, in reality, no concern of theirs. Naam, no concern of theirs. Um, and the examples of this are many. From, for an example, a light example, from those who try to dwell into sciences that are beyond them, 
they have not reached that level. They're on a beginner level and they want to delve into issues that are beyond their scope. Now, this is of no benefit to them. But those issues of ikhtilafat often, now, most of the times, if there is an ikhtilaf between Sheikh Fulani or Sheikh Alani and so on and so forth, their ikhtilaf, their differing on an issue, right? This is of no concern for us. But rather, this is what? Between the scholars. It is not for us to get involved because it's not our place. Man, it's not for us to get involved because it's not our place. It's, it's, like if it, it's like those situations where an individual would give you their opinion, give you their two cents, and your natural response is no one asked you anyway. No one asked you your opinion. So thus you offer it. When it comes to the likes of these things, no one asks us our opinion as relates to what do we feel about this one, what do we feel about that one, so on and so forth. Now, of course, I'm not speaking about those affairs where there is a clear mistake, a clear deviant, so on and so forth. We're not speaking about the likes of these affairs. We're speaking about those particular issues like issues of ijtihad and so on and so forth where there is a legitimate Opinion for this and a, and, a, and a legitimate opinion for that for us to overindulge ourselves in the likes of these things which often are of affairs that are over our head While at the same time those things that are crucial to us We are neglectful of and we don't know about is of no concern Likewise an example of this could be he said she said following what's going on what's the latest statement who said what about who and what was the response of the other one and so on and so forth a person becomes so well versed in this that they can recite back to you who said what what platform it was on what social media outlet it, 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 it presented on and then some of the comments and people that commented on that and then what was the rebuttal of the other one so on and so forth all the while during this day this person has not made the afkar of the morning nor of the evening they have not yani, uh, uh, prayed voluntary prayers so on and so forth Naam, they have not read from the Quran they have not read from the Sunnah they have not seeked, uh, yani, sought knowledge of their religion from the day you can say well can you recall to me a similar amount of what you have benefited from your studies, what you have benefited from learning about the religion, they cannot. But they can tell you the latest, you know, he said, she said, tabloid, what have you, so on and so forth. These affairs do not concern us and we have to know and we have to be able to identify these things so that we close the door on them and we open the door for benefit. We open the door for benefits. Now, and there are many examples that could that yani, that, that that individual they could they, 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 they can use. But I'll give you one more example. Now, I'll give you one more example so that we could reflect and we could uh, know our place. And, and, and a lot of this, when an individual is not concerning themselves with that which concerns them, and when they step outside of, 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 of their level, is because they don't know their place. I'll give you another example. The example of those who are hypercritical of the Muslim rulers. Hypercritical of the Muslim rulers. Well, why are they doing this with that country? Why are they making this move here? Why are they doing that there? So on and so forth. The simple statement that 
Bidnilahi ta'ala will be full for thought will be what business is it of yours anyway? Is Allah going to ask you about why ruler so-and-so did such and such? Is Allah going to ask you why did ruler so-and-so do such and such? So why are you why are you concerned? That's their affair. If anything, the one who has an aql, like Imam Muqbir rahmatullah alayhi, he mentions, he says that our rulers are in such a bind that I feel sorry for them. Because you don't want to be in their position. You don't want to be judged like the way the rulers are going to be judged on the day of judgment. You don't want to hold that responsibility. So why are you here in the dunya and this responsibility has not been placed upon your shoulders? This responsibility, this, 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 this authority has not been placed upon you. The responsibility not placed upon you. So on and so forth. Why are you, why are you trying to enter into it? It's none of your business. And then when you realize the fact that you're speaking about affairs in which you know very little about. How much more so does it make no sense for you to indulge and to, and to throw your two cents on what you think should happen? You don't even know the whole story. You don't even know the whole story. You don't know all the intricacies and details of what's going on behind the scenes. What reaches the, 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 the media is not what is known to yani, those who are involved in it. Just like whatever information may reach the public that goes on in your house. That's not the whole story now, is it? You know the intricacies of what goes on in your house. And now since we are upon your house, let us reflect upon this. As Imam al-Bani, he, he, he used to mention, Establish the Islamic state in your heart, meaning establish, establish the Tawheed, the Sunnah, what is right, the Sharia. Establish it in your heart before you try to establish it upon the earth. Now how many individuals they will sense, they will, they will criticize, the rulers not ruling by the book of Allah. Ya subhanAllah. When that individual is not ruling his house by the book of Allah, you blame the ruler for not ruling the whole country by what you feel he should rule the whole country by when you're not ruling your house with what you know you should be ruling your own house by. And you have the audacity to talk about him and you can't control the four, five, six people under you and then you talking about why he can't control the millions of people under him. Your priorities are misplaced, Right? So it is incumbent and it's important that we learn to mind our business. We learn to, as they say, stay in our lane. We learn to concern ourselves with those things that benefit us. Those things that benefit us. And I want you to I want you to really pay attention to this now, right? And this is to those individuals who are Obsessed with social media, obsessed with media, be it television, movies, be it chat rooms, be it Instagram, TikTok, whatever, whatever platform they come up with next. Who spend so much of your time and your day upon things that when you come Yomul Qiyamah, at the very least and minimum you will regret. Because you will have wasted your time and not have done more, not not have done that which is a benefit. But unfortunately, a lot of times you'll regret because you would have done that which is sinful. But I want you to reflect on the statement. 
Al-Hasan, he mentioned, he said, من علامة الإعراض الله تعالى عن العبد from the signs that Allah has turned away from the slave from the signs that Allah has turned away from the slave and يجعل شغله فيما لا يعنيه is that he makes that slave become over obsessed and concerned and busy with that which does not concern them نعم now I want you to reflect on this statement and, and to reflect that that the punishment is appropriate to the crime. Naam, this is not the end, this is not the beginning of the affair. This is the end of the affair. It was the slave himself that busied himself with those things that, that didn't concern him. And because he busied himself with those things that didn't concern him, Allah allowed him to be busy with those things that didn't concern him. Naam. This is the reality. But this is from the signs that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has turned away from the slave, has turned away from the abd. So it is incumbent that we start our day. Do you know how the people they talk about time management and things of this nature, right? And they write, you write your daily, you know, you do your daily uh, uh, plan or whatever, what you want to do today, your goals, what you want to accomplish and so on and so forth, right? How many of us have done something similar to this as it relates to starting their day and what they want to accomplish deen-wise? I want to memorize this amount from the Qur'an. I want to review this amount. I want to, I want to pray these, these, these voluntary prayers, right? Uh, whatever the case is, I want to visit the sick today. I want to give some sadaqah. Uh, or I have to call, I want to call my parents today, make them happy. Like how many of us start our day and we, and we have a game plan on how much Yani, uh, righteous good deeds we want to do for that day. Now, we should. We should. We should start our day thinking and, 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 and looking for excuses to do good. Looking for opportunities and excuses to do good. How can I do some good today? How can I benefit myself today? So that when I go to bed today, I have, a, I have yani, accumulated a lot in my scale of good deeds. This is of extreme importance. What, 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 what adhkar, yani from what, what, what dhikr are you going to learn today? From the, from the adhkar of the night and the day. Which one are we going to work on today? Maybe not the whole thing. Maybe a sentence. Today is sentence. Tomorrow is sentence. The next day after that is sentence. Then you finish it. Then you go to the next one. Shayin for shayin. But what, what, what are the efforts that we are putting forward to benefit ourselves? This hadith is tremendous. Qala Abu Dawood, Aslan, Yani, Yani, Akhwan, Usulu Sunan, Fikuli Fen, Arba, Ahadith. He said that the, the foundation of the, of the Sunan in every science is four hadith. Naam, is four hadith. Wadakara min, minha, hadal hadith. And he mentioned from those four hadith, this hadith. This hadith that, that that from a person's good Islam is that he leaves off that which does not concern him. He mentions men because the Prophet he said men, right? That from from men Islam and from a person's good Islam. So what is men? What is that? What is that from? What does men mean here? So that we can understand. The Shaykh he mentions, he says, Men, that men here means is 
portion, right? It, 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 I don't know how to explain that other than that, but it means that this is a portion of the story. يعني أن ترك ما لا يعنيه هو بعض ما يحصل به المرء حسن الإسلام. That leaving off that which does not concern you, this is from those things by way in which a person will achieve having a good Islam. This is part of this story. This is part of the equation. It's not the whole of the equation. It's part of the equation. Uh, but, but, but each part of the equation is vital. Because if something is missing, then you're not going to reach what you're looking for. So from those, from those things in which we need to have a good Islam is that we have to leave off that which does not concern us. There's another point as relates to this when we, when we reflect on it. Shaykh Saleh Al-Fawzan, he says, This is from the completion of his religion. Right? This is from the completion of his religion. He says, so this points us to the fact that the deen it could either be complete or deficient. That a person's, you know, religiousness could be complete or it can be deficient. Which tells us that what? That there is tafawut. That there is a difference of level. Because al-iman, al-iman, as the ulama, they explain, faith, what is faith? Faith comprises of right? They say that the five noons. Al-Iman Tawlun bin Nisan is a statement of the tongue. bil and an action of the limbs. janan, a belief in the heart. Yazidu Rahman, it increases when one is obedient to Allah. And it goes down when one is obedient to shaitan. Or it goes down when one is sinful. So a person's iman, a person's faith, right? It will be affected by what they do. So Sheikh Fozani said that a person will either have their, their, their deen, their, their faith, they will either, either be complete or deficient. Depending upon what the person does, depending upon what the person does, so that your actions will directly correlate into either your iman rising or it going down, with your deen being complete or being deficient. Now, and it is incumbent that, that we know that. Uh, Sheikh Abdul Mursin, he mentions, he brings a statement from Imam Ibn Rajab, Rahimullah Ta'ala. في الجامع العلوم والحكم قال الإمام والمعنى هذا الحديث the meaning of this hadith أن من حسن إسلامه ترك ما لا يعنيه من قول وفعل واقتصر على ما يعنيه من الأقوال والأفعال he said that this hadith means that from a person when a person has excelled in their Islam, then they will leave alone those things that do not concern them, those things that are of no benefit to them, be it from statements or actions. And they will suffice themselves and restrict themselves to those things which benefit them, those things which concern them. 
from statements and from actions. And the meaning of concern meaning that his concern, because this is an area of importance, is connected to it. So thus, it is from those things in which he seeks after and those things in which يعني, he aims for. And having a concern, meaning that something is extremely important to you. يعني. That something is of extreme importance to you. That's a benefit for those who know Arabic or are learning Arabic like myself. So if, he, if, if it is important to him and thus he seeks after it, and thus that thing becomes something which is sought after, then this is the meaning of it. And it is not the meaning It's very important. And what is not the meaning is that it doesn't mean that a person, يعني, they will leave alone that which is not concerned them based upon the ruling of their desires and the seeking of their soul, meaning the lowly aspects of their soul. So a person, in other words, can't turn around and say, well, the salah is important to you, but it's not important to me. Can't say that. No, salah is important. And the criterion of what we know what is important and what's not important is not based upon your desires. It's not based upon your whims. Now, you do not define what's important and what's not, what's not important. But rather, that is defined inside of the book and inside of the sunnah. Naam, that is defined inside of the book and inside of the sunnah. This is not yani, for you to decide what you feel you want to do and what you want to place importance on, so on and so forth. No, no. But it is what is important in reality. Naam, and as we know, we do not define reality. The Shaykh goes on and he says, Imam Ibn Rajab, he goes on and he says, But rather, we know what is important, yani, in quotation, in parentheses, uh, by uh, in parentheses, not, 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 not quotation, but we know what is important by what by the legislation and by Islam. Islam, and due to this, it, it, it has been made and categorized from a person's what good Islam. So thus, when a person's Islam becomes good, then they will leave alone those affairs that do not concern them in the religion from statements and actions. Because Islam, it is that which it necessitates or enters into that what the performing of the righteous good deeds. The performing of the righteous good deeds. كما سبق ذكره يعني كما سبق ذكره في شرح الحديث جبريل. As it has come in the explanation of the hadith of Jibreel. That Islam, Islam, when it's pointing, يعني used in the general sense, it is pointing to the establishment of the wajibat, those actions that are upon the limbs, so on and so forth. So from these actions and that, 
is that a person, they will place their concern upon those things that concern them and they will not overindulge in those things in which are not of an immediate benefit for them. Does that make sense? I'll give you an example so that make it, maybe it becomes a little more clearer. If an individual is poor, right? They don't have money. Their money is by no stretch of the imagination even near reaching the Nisar. Even reaching the bare minimum before it becomes wider upon them to pay zakat. Them learning about the intricacies of zakat at that point is not an obligation that is an, in, an individual obligation. It's not fadu ain. Right? It's not fadu ain. So a person has to have wisdom. If there are things that are an individual obligation upon you, and you still need to study those affairs, like, for example, the rules and regulation of the salat. Now, you need to study the, the prayer itself. So now you're placed... And you have this half an hour window that you can study and you can read. Are you going to go into the intricacies of zakat? Or are you going to go into the intricacies of the prayer? The prayer. Why? Because the intricacies of, of zakat at this point, they don't concern you. You have more pressing matters at hand. And that are those things that are, that, that, that are an individual responsibility upon you. A, the salah, in which you still have to learn. You still have to go into depth and detail as it relates to it. There's still more to do for the, yani for the, for the, for the, for the, for the minimum, the bare minimum of your salah. So to indulge in something else in which is not on you right now is not wise. It's not wise. So this is what is meant by uh, you will leave alone certain things from, the, yani from, from Islam that are not an immediate pressing, binding you know, importance and concern of yours. And you will concern yourself with those things that are an immediate pressing binding concern. Man. Wait. The Shaykh he goes on and he says, Well Islam al Kamil al Mamduh fihi tarakul muharramat. He said in the Islam that is complete and that is praised it is that which it enters into it, the leaving of the haram things, the leaving of the prohibited affairs. Kamaqal Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, as the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, Al Muslim Man Salim al Muslimun Min Lisanihi wa Yadeh. That the Muslim is the one who the Muslim they are safe from his hand, are safe from his tongue and from his hand. The Muslim, he is the one who the Muslims are safe from. His tongue and from his hands. Naam. So abandoning harming others, which is haram, abandoning harming others with your tongue and with your hands, right? Then this will enter into leaving off that haram, will enter into one's completing their Islam. Will enter into one completing their Islam. hasun al Islam so when we enter when a person has brought and brought forth a good Islam when a person has attained and they have reached the level of having a good Islam then this will necessitate that they will leave off everything that does not concern them from the prohibited matters, from the doubtful matters, from those matters that are disliked, 
and from overindulging in those things that are permitted. From overindulging in those things that are permitted. Of which he does not have a, a, yani a need for it. That he doesn't need them. فَإِنَّ هَذَا كُلَّهُ لَا يَعْنِ الْمُسْلِمِ إِذَا كَمُلَ إِسْلَامُ Because all of this will have no concern for the Muslim when his Islam becomes good. For example, overindulging in those things that are permitted. For example, overindulging in the news cycle uh, and the like. Now, I'm a person, they, they read the paper, they get caught up on the top stories and so on and so forth. There's nothing wrong with that. Okay? But to, st but to spend all day doing that, the whole of your day and you're following this new story to that new story what this outlet said what that outlet said and so on and so forth this is too much it doesn't concern you now unless as mentioned before unless you're an investigative reporter or something like this then it's, it's different you know but for the average person yeah you don't need to do all that this is a waste of your time because you could be doing and spending your time in a better way remember the Roger goes on and he mentions he says so all of these things, they are of no concern of the Muslim when their Islam is complete. When they have reached the level of Ihsan. And this is the reality. Those ulama, as, as Allah Ta'ala, He says, They're really those, the only ones who truly fear Allah from His slaves are ulama. Those ulama, when you look at them, the examples, their worldview is different. Their outlook is different. We're all looking at the same landscape, but they see it differently. Why? Because those who have reached the level of Ihsan, their outlook is different. What we look at as being trivial, they see great importance in it, and so on and so forth. Or things that are of great importance, we don't realize and recognize their importance due to our ignorance, so we think that they're trivial. But in reality, they are extremely important. Naam. Ala kulli hal. Wa huwa al-ihsan an ya'budullaha ta'ala ka'annahu yara' is that they worship Allah as if they see them. Fa'in lam yakun yara' fa'innahu fa'innallaha yara'hu. And if they don't see Allah, because we will not see Allah in this world, but we will see Allah in the next life, then verily, yani Allah sees us now. We do not see Allah now, but Allah sees us. So the, so, so the one who has reached the level of Ihsan, he realizes that. He worships Allah as if he sees him. And he knows that Allah is watching him. Naam. So when a person has reached this level, then yes, by default and undoubtedly, they will move and operate differently. They will not be wasting their time. Right? They will be concerning themselves, so on and so forth. Shaykh Muhammad bin Abdul Wahab al-Banna, rahimahullah ta'ala, before his death, rahmatullah some of the brothers approached him in the haram. He used to live in Jeddah. Yeah. He's, yeah, he used to live in Jeddah. Uh, but he would go to the haram, he would go to the, the, the Kaaba every day, and he would read the Quran. So some brothers approached him, he's a great scholar. He was a great scholar, and he had some questions. But you know, sometimes you get nervous and you start to stumble, right? So the brothers, they, they became nervous and started to stumble. And, and so they stood there, and there was an awkward silence. 
So the Shaykh, he reminded them very nicely and gently. He said, do you know that when you recite one letter from the Qur'an, you get ten hasanat? You know that? And they said, uh, you know, this broke the silence. They said, yes, 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 Shaykh. He says, do you know I'm old and I'm going to die soon? I don't have long left. So I really need to read as much Qur'an as I possibly could before I die. So if you have a question, please ask. And if not, then please depart. The outlook is different. Right? The outlook is different. Imam ibn Rajab, he goes on and he says, فَمَنْ عَبَدَ اللَّهَ so whoever worships Allah, knowing that Allah Ta'ala is watching them, knowing that Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, yani, uh, sensing yani, Allah's closeness and witnessing yani, uh, the signs of Allah with their heart and the like, أو على استحضار قرب الله Minhu, or that they, yani, how would you say this? So, whoever worships Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, acknowledging and perceiving his closeness and witnessing, yani, yani, with his heart, witnessing the signs of Allah with his heart, or they, they perceive that Allah ta'ala is close unto them, and then Allah ta'ala is watching them. فَقَدْ حَسُنَ الْإِسْلَامُ Then his Islam will become upright. وَلَزِمَ مِنْ ذَلِكَ أَنْ يَتْرُكُوا كُلَّ مَا لَا يَعْنِيهِ فِي الْإِسْلَامِ وَيَشْتَمِلُوا بِمَا يَعْنِيهِ فِيهِ So therefore, when, when a person understands this, then they will leave alone that which does not concern them, even from the religion, and they will concern themselves with the aspects of the religion that are of vital importance unto them, and that concern them. فَإِنَّهُ يَتَوَلَّدُ مِنْ هَذَيْنِ الْمُقَامَيْنِ because verily, he would attain due to these two levels, the reaching the level of yani, worshiping Allah as if he sees him, and, 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 and thus he does not see him, but he knows that Allah is watching him. He will reach from these two things, al-istihya min Allah, that he will be shy from Allah. He will feel shy in front of his Lord, because he knows his Lord is watching him. And he will leave off everything. He will leave off doing something that is shameful in front of Allah. Why? Because he's, he's shy. He wouldn't do the يعني, muharramat, the, those haram things. Why? Because he knows Allah is watching him. So he feels shy. How am I going to do this haram thing and, and, and I know Allah is watching? How am I going to say this haram word and Allah is listening to me? How am I going to yani, do this haram in Allah's yani? A person, when they reach their level, they feel bad about even the, their bad thoughts and whispers of their soul. They feel bad about it. They feel bad. They have an evil thought and they feel bad. Astaghfirullah. Astaghfirullah. Allah, Allah guide me. They start making dua for themselves. They feel bad and they had a bad thought. They didn't even say nothing or do nothing. They just had a bad thought. This is to the level of awareness because they're seeking after Allah to add his pleasure. The Shaykh, as, 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 as usual, may Allah Ta'ala bless him tremendously and give him a long life filled with righteousness and preserve him. He ends the chapter by bringing some points of benefit, four points of benefit that are extracted from this hadith. 
he mentions, he says, Tarakul insan, Mala Yanihi, Fi Umuridini, Wadunya, Fi Umuridin, Wadunya, that a person should leave off, will be understanding benefit from this hadith, is leaving off that which is not beneficial, not in your deen and not in your religion, not in your, excuse me, not in your religion and not in your worldly affairs, that you leave off that which does not concern you in your religion and in your worldly affairs. And that you busy yourself, that an individual, the second benefit, that an individual busies themselves with those things that do concern him from the affairs of his religion and from the affairs of his worldly life. Thirdly, is that an individual, is that leaving off that which does not concern an individual, that was not concern you, then the fruits of it is that it will bring ease to the soul. It will bring ease to the soul. And it will be a preserving by way in which the individual will be able to preserve their time and to safeguard their time. And it is and it is a way to safeguard one's reputation. When you leave off those things that don't concern you, you save off your recitation, your uh, reputation. Now, and also we understand from this from this hadith is that what is that people are of different levels. Is that there are different levels in Islam as far as individuals' religiousness. People are on different levels. Now, the last thing I want to mention is that Shirat Amin, in his explanation of his hadith, he brings a very important point. He says, Buhuna, he said, and maybe there could be a problematic issue here. He said, and that is, is that an individual leaving all of that which does not concern him, does this mean he abandons calling to good and forbidding evil? Does it mean that? You leave all of that was does that was not, not, not concern you. Does that mean that you abandon calling to good and forbidding evil? The Shaykh, he says, Al-Jawab, La. The answer is no. He said, because calling to good and forbidding evil, then this is from that which is a person's business. As Allah Ta'ala, he says, Allah Ta'ala, he says, and let there arise from amongst you a nation that calls and invites to good they command with what is righteous and good and they prohibit what is evil Naam. he says he says so if you saw an individual if you saw an individual and they were doing something that was wrong and you said unto him you said unto him oh my brother this is evil this is not permissible he will not have the right to say unto you, He won't have the right to say to you, This is none of your business. Right? You see somebody doing something haram, and you approach them, you say, My brother, this is not permissible. This thing is haram. That individual does not have the right to turn to you and say, This is none of your business. Then, likewise, you as an individual, if you're doing something that is wrong, and your brother out of love for you, they approach you and they say, Akhi, what you're doing, this is not good. This is not permissible, brother. You do not have the right to say to him, man, it's not your business. Mind your business. You don't have the right to say that. 
Because but he, he is minding his business. Because you his brother, you're his business. Now, he wants good for you. So that's why he's telling you, that's why he's reminding you. And it's incumbent and important that we know this. Because there are many people who they come with this mentality. You correct them and they say, mind your business, it's not your business. Right? What business is this of yours? You see? And this is not good. This is not good. But rather, it is our business. Right? There was one, remember Al-Libani, he mentioned, he said that there was an individual, one of the scholars from the, uh, you know, prestigious, in parentheses, um, uh, educational institution in Egypt, said unto him, that I'm doctor in this and I've graduated from here and so on and so forth and you know because Sheikh Abani he had a, a rudimentary education as far as in interdisciplinary schools but traditional education he was an alim he was an imam you know he's an imam he said and said who gives you the right to say this and say that and I'm doctor so and so and I'm professor such and such and, and who gives you the right to correct me Sheikh Abani said the prophet said the Prophet said, He said, The Prophet gave me the right to correct you. Because the Prophet said, Whoever from amongst you sees an evil, change it with his hand. If he can't, then change it with his tongue. If he can't, then hate it in his heart to the end of the hadith. He said, That's what gave me the authority to, to say something. Because this is my business now. Because I see it. So I'm saying something. And of course, that that you know that great doctor professor from that institution was silenced. He had, he had no rebuttal for that. <laughs> so the sheikh he says, so a person says that to you, they don't have the right to turn to you and say, Man, mind your business. He said, if he says that to you, then it's not accepted from him. Why? He said, because calling to good and forbidding evil. Then this is the business of the Islamic nation, all of it. Ma'am, that we call to good and we forbid evil. Of course, with wisdom, with good exhortation, so on and so forth, right? But, at the, but uh, nonetheless, we call to good and we forbid the evil. And then the Shaykh moves on to the next hadith. But, bithnilahi ta'ala, we'll say that until the next class. Fa'natafi, bihad al qadr. Wassalamu